It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Washington Commanders closed out their preseason with a 21-19 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. And in the process, some Commanders players sealed the deal on their position battles. That and more coming up on this live post-game episode of Locked on Commanders. You are Locked on Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Commanders fans, to this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day, especially live following a win, 21-19 win to close out the preseason for the Washington Commanders over the Cincinnati Bengals. Coming to you here from FedEx Field. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, and you can continue the conversation. You can talk to me all during the games by going to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnCommanders. Plenty of Commanders fans in the text messages uh, enjoying that. Hopefully all of you are as well. Uh, I'm your host for today's episode. For this episode, uh, David Harrison, credential member of the media. Cover your Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday on the occasional Saturday after a preseason game. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow on Sunday as well. So just pretty much here with you all of the time. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with the promo code Locked On, and you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. On today's Victory Saturday Night, Victory Sunday episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to wrap up some preseason competitions and talk about how the Washington Commanders won their final preseason game of the year, 21-19, again, over the Cincinnati Bengals. But first... We're actually going to bookend this episode with camp battle positions, preseason battle or position battles, however you want to word. We're going to we're going to bookend this episode talking about one specific position battle that I feel like was won on Saturday night or lost, depending on uh, who you are in that competition, who you're pulling for in that competition. And that is the wide receiver group. I think there's there's a lot to talk about here with this wide receiver group. Obviously, a very top heavy unit with star Terry McLaurin as soon as he's healthy enough. Uh, to get back on the field, he's going to lead the charge in this thing. Second-year receiver, Jahan Dotson, stated earlier in the offseason, he feels like he's coming into a breakout season this year, and and certainly there's a lot of evidence to support that belief for Jahan this preseason. But then you've also got Curtis Samuel, the Swiss Army Knife, who can do a little bit of a lot. Deami Brown has had a really great training camp, really strong uh, preseason as well. Then you've got the veteran Byron Pringle, who came in here, has has experience with Eric Bieniemy's offense, has some time with him back in Kansas City that not a lot of people are talking about, but I do think is going to be a big contributor here. 
And then you kind of have the back end of this roster, right? And coming into the end of training camp, coming into the end of preseason, really we've been talking about, uh, and we've been talking about it really all training camp, right? Dax Milne versus Casimir Allen. We all know Casimir Allen, the young rookie out of UCLA, he's got a lot of electric ability, a lot of potential, and there's a lot of excitement. Ron Rivera uh, specifically mentioned him before the rookie minicamp as a guy that he was looking forward to getting to see in that rookie minicamp. Obviously brought him back for OTAs, the mandatory minicamp all of training camp, and he certainly had flashes of some of that electric ability. He had a, he had a kick return here uh, just Saturday night that got the fans in attendance a little bit excited as well, so showing some of that as well. But there have been some down moments as well. For Dax Milne, he's kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum, right? There's not really a whole lot of sizzle uh, to Dax Milne, not really a whole lot of electricity to Dax Milne. He's just kind of this consistent guy that when you put him on the field in the offense, you know he's going to run his route, you know he's going to be where he needs to be, He's going to do what he needs to do. But as far as doing everything, anything flashy or anything super exciting, that's probably not going to be his game. As a punt returner, he's going to field the ball. A lot of them are going to feel like fair catches, but they're not going to have a lot of muffed punts and muffed kicks. Special teams coordinator Nate Katzer told me following the mini camp earlier this offseason that that's an underrated value that Dax Milne brings to the team and that people have to understand that the punt return job, this isn't a job that you can do three out of four times, eight out of ten times. You need to do it every single time you're out there when it comes to fielding punts. Now. In this game, Casimir Allen did have one 22-yard kickoff return earlier, and then he had a 31-yard kickoff return. Uh, like I said, that's the one that kind of got people uh, a little bit excited. Uh, but he did have a muffed punt, and I do think that muffed punt ultimately is going to spell doom for Casimir Allen's chances of making the active roster this year. But that doesn't mean I don't think he's going to be around this team. I do think that this coaching staff still sees a lot of potential in him. Hopefully he sees a lot of potential in himself, and I think that they're going to keep him around uh, if they can get him through waivers and, and bring him back to the practice squad. He also had two drops on offense. Uh, talking to him after the game, that's something he kind of pointed out to himself. Thought he had a fairly good night, but obviously the drops in the muff uh, are something that are going to be hard to to cut, to get over. And the fact that those drops on offense came on consecutive snaps. A second down play uh, should have had the catch. It looks like a difficult catch to me, to you, most likely. Not a lot of NFL receivers, I think, watching this episode, right? So it looks like a difficult catch to me and to you, but if you're going to be an NFL receiver, it's the kind of catch that you have to be able to come up with a third down catch following that play and even worse catching. And you have to believe young receiver was probably in his head about the first one and, uh, you know, got in his head on that third one or the third down play as well. Ended up botching that one. And, and that's not the kind of tape you want to put on uh, record there in your final preseason game in your rookie season. Dax, on the, on the, on the other hand, started with the starting quote unquote offense, right? Uh, John Dotson, Curtis Samuel not going out there, but Dax Milne certainly out there with the first team unit as it relates to Saturday, first-team unit. Uh, three targets, one catch, eight yards uh, with the starters, no returns for Dax Milne. And to me, that kind of tells you everything you need to know. The team doesn't really need to know what Dax can do. They kind of already know what Dax can do. It's more about what is Casimir Allen going to do. And unfortunately, Kaz did some good things, but he did a lot of bad things that are certainly going to hurt his chances. So I think Dax is winning that battle, guys. I know he's, he's not the super electric receiver uh, that some people want. He's not the super electric return man that some people want but i do think that consistency is incredibly valuable to this washington commanders team and that's the consistency that's going to keep dax Milne on this active roster but there's another roster battle i think we got to talk about that we haven't talked about a whole lot you guys know every day who have been here through all the training camp all the otas mini camps mitchell tinsley rookie out of penn state is a guy who did a lot of good things early on in the offseason workout program during training camp, kind of drifted away a little bit. He did have some moments. And then, of course, in the preseason game against Baltimore, had a rough final series there uh, with the offense. A couple of drops, a couple of passes that could have been brought in, that weren't brought in. Uh, the really bad play that was basically in his hands, and he allowed it to get knocked out at the last minute. And 
honestly, I was talking to some other media members in the press box uh, before the game and then even during the game. That was kind of a moment where we kind of said, okay, Mitchell Tinsley probably practice squad guy. Certainly some talent in there. Certainly a future in there uh, for Mitchell Tinsley, I think, but probably a practice squad guy. But he came out here in Cincinnati like his life depended on, like his career depended on it, and he comes up with two explosive catches for the Washington Commanders offense. One, a 38-yard uh, touchdown catch, or 29-yard touchdown catch, and then the other, a 37-yard catch, which was almost a touchdown, but got the team down to the one-yard line. So who makes this roster from this wide receiver group, right? So Mitchell Tinsley, as far as battling for a roster spot, I don't think he's battling against a person. I think he's battling against roster limits, right? So it's really going to boil down to how many receivers do the Washington Commanders take with them on their initial active roster? And remember, it's the initial active roster. I know sometimes uh, people like to throw around the term final 53-man roster. It is far from final. There has never been an NFL team in the history of 53-man rosters to start and finish and run with the same 53-man roster the entire season. It's just not going to happen. So it's the initial 53-man roster. I think he's fighting just against the roster limits, right? If if there's six wide receivers, I think you have Dax Mills. I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler, a little bit of a tease for my final roster projections coming up later this week after the weekend. Uh, I think wide receivers, obviously, got Terry, Jahan, Curtis, Diami. Those are your four. I think Byron Pringle is on this roster. That's five. So if you've got six, I do think it's Dax Milne. I think that consistency, even if it's boring to some fans, to some media members, uh, I think that consistency is very valuable to this team. So I think if you have six receivers, which I do think you have at least six receivers, then Dax Milne is that number six guy. If you have seven receivers, and I don't know if I think they're going to keep seven or not, we'll have to do the math when we get to our roster breakdown. But if you have seven, then I do think Mitchell Tinsley is number seven. So receiver battle one, perhaps a receiver battle against roster spot limits. Also one, we'll have to see what happens on cut down day. I'll let you know what I think is going to happen Monday on my roster projection uh, for the Washington Commanders. But that wasn't the only battle one on Sunday night, however. But before we get to those, we've got to talk about the quarterbacks because the quarterbacks helped the team win the battle on the field. Before we get to the battle on the roster, that's going to come up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at Harry's. No matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price you're going to love. From their legendary high-quality razor to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion, Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. And you can get better quality at a better price than other razors. When you get Harry's delivered right to your door, smooth shave shouldn't be rough on your wallet. The starter set is a $13 value for just $3. If you go to harrys.com slash NFL, it includes a five blade German engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Plus you can schedule delivery for refills as low as $2, half what you would pay for other blades. And Harry's even makes these skincare products that you will, that you need to give you the best shave ever. There's no reason not to try Harry's. And they're still offering a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Get your best shave ever this summer with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter kit for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Thanks for bringing Locked On Commanders your first listen or review today, every day, and especially live following games. We're going to go live all season long following games, wins, losses, hopefully no ties, right? If you guys were here last year for the tie, like we don't want to do ties, especially late at night. Like nobody was talking about a tie, right? But I do appreciate you coming through every day. As always, as always I appreciate you coming through every day, supporting the show like you do, like you always do. Uh, more roster battle resolutions are coming up in this episode. But first, we had to discuss the quarterback performances on Saturday night. So Jacoby Brissett got the start. Got, he got a lot of reps with the first-team offense during the week. The team made it very clear that Jacoby Brissett was getting those first-team reps to prepare for this preseason game, not because they're waffling on Sam Howell or, or maybe there's a chance that Jacoby's going to unseat him. No, Sam Howell is your starting quarterback for the beginning of the season. He'll be the quarterback that runs out on the field to lead the charge against the Arizona Cardinals here. Uh, in just a couple of weeks. Can't wait to get that started. But Jacoby Brissett led the team out onto the field for this preseason game, for the preseason finale against the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know where that came from. Against the Cincinnati Bengals. And he ended up lead, leading three drives. If you go back to the end of the week, uh, Coach Rivera was asked uh, during the walkthrough at joint, joint Base Andrews, how long would Jacoby play? And he said probably the entire first half. But if he had a really good first quarter, a really good drive, that Eric would probably want to pull him out. And that's probably how they would go. And that's exactly how they went. For his night, Jacoby Brissett, 10 for 15 overall, 66% completion rate, 96 yards total, and a touchdown pass. Started drive one, four for eight, so 50% on his first drive out there with the, again, starting offense just in, in relative terms, right? Not the first-team offense uh, in total, but starting offense, relatively speaking. 21 yards total on that first drive, no points. Drive two, uh, Jacoby goes three for four, 22 yards on that play. Again, no points. And then the third drive, Jacoby Brissett connects on all three passes, 53 yards total offense through the air, uh, including a touchdown to Mitchell Tinsley from uh, 39 yards out to give the Washington Commanders their first score of the evening of the late afternoon. The Cincinnati Bengals opened up the scoring, but that was the first touchdown. Well, the touchdown catch from Mitchell Tinsley uh, for the Washington Commanders. Now, Jake Fromm came in from that point on. So you got three drives out of Jacoby Brissett and Eric Bieniemy, Coach Rivera, you know, whoever it was that made that decision or agreed with the decision. They said, all right, we've seen enough Jacoby. He's a veteran. We kind of know what to expect. Let's go ahead, pull him out, uh, and let's do, the, let's do the thing and put in Jake from uh, Jake from State From. You're in good hands with Jake from. I don't think that's the actual uh, saying. But Jake from comes in the fourth quarter, middle of the second quarter, fourth drive, middle of the second quarter in the game. First drive goes one for three, right? Two incompletions, one completion, only six yards of offense through the air. Drive two, one for two, so 50%. Sounds a little bit better, but it's only one for two, and you get 16 yards. Then we go to halftime, right? So Washington Commanders obviously still very well within the game, but Jake Fromm, not the greatest start uh, in the world, two for five coming in or heading into the locker room, but coming out of the locker room, coming out. I don't know what happened at halftime, guys. I don't know what everybody drank. I don't know what was said. I don't know what happened in a third preseason game. I don't think there was any movie of the week inspirational speeches going on, but whatever it was, Jake Fromm came out and completed 11 of his first 12 passes uh, for for the second half uh, drive three seven of 11 84 yards of total offense in that third drive alone this is the third drive for jake not the third drive for the total team right uh, 84 84 yards total and a touchdown pass to uh tremaine broderick the uh the wide receiver a one yard touchdown pass again following the second explosive play of the night by uh mitchell tinsley getting him down to the one yard line it was originally called a touchdown but upon review uh, and honestly, I think if you, I, I'm sure the the home broadcast showed the angle is pretty clear that he didn't actually get the touchdown. But you really want the guy to get the touchdown in that situation. They come back uh, and they get a uh, a one yard touchdown pass uh, there to 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 Broderick. So drive four, 
Jake Frog comes out only two for two or two for two, but only eight yards. So he still counts as your 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 good start from a completion rate by percentage uh, per percentage standpoint, right? Fifth drive of the of the game for Jake Fromm, four for four, thirty six yards total offense. Another touchdown this time to tight end Brandon Dillon from seven yards out. Brandon Dillon, a guy who's done some good things in camp as well. I don't think he's going to make this active roster. Could certainly be a practice squad guy uh, like they did with Curtis Hodges last year, but we'll see what they decide to do. Uh, six drive, go for one, but they're towards kind of the end of the game, uh, and we're looking at uh, winding down the clock here at FedEx Field and getting out of this thing, getting out of the preseason as healthy as possible for both teams. And the biggest takeaway, I think, from not just this game, but honestly the entire uh, preseason for, for, for what it's worth is I think that – you know, outside of a few moments here and there, right? Obviously, that pass from Jacoby Brissett uh, to Mitchell Tinsley was a great pass, great play overall for the entire offense. Uh, the run, the the run that Jacoby Brissett had against the Cleveland Browns, uh, I still kind of give more credit to the play design uh, and the timing of the call. You get man coverage with that play design. It, I mean, uh, I'm I'm nowhere near as fast as Jacoby Brissett or any of these players uh, on this football field, but I probably could have scored uh, with that play design. So there have been some moments, obviously, where Jacoby Brissett has looked really, really good. But honestly, I think Jake Fromm, even against some similar type uh, uh, competition, has looked better. As far as a backup quarterback, I think Jake Fromm has actually looked better. And they're not playing the exact same. You know, there's some certainly some players that Jake Fromm is facing that Jacoby Brissett was not facing and maybe a little bit better competition. But I think once you get past the first string of a defense, you're kind of in like waters, whether it's the second team, third team, you know, unless you get really deep into the barrel of the, of the talent pool. And I think that's significant because I don't know if there are people out there who still kind of have this doubt or this hang up about should Sam Howell really be the starting quarterback, right? We go to the offseason and I mean, national media, but let's be honest, there were some people in the fans, even maybe some people in the local media who kind of looked at this and said, you're really going to hang your hat. You're really going to hang your future on a fifth round quarterback, whether you had a higher draft grade on him or not. Bottom line is he made it to the fifth round. And a lot of people say, well, he made it to the fifth round for a reason. Well, I think Sam Howell's done a pretty good job on the practice field. Uh, the fans that have been in attendance, I think, have been happy with what you guys have seen. And then obviously watching whether you're here in the stadium, on television, replay on NFL Plus, whatever you're doing to watch these Washington Commanders preseason games, I think you have to feel more confident now than you did coming in. It doesn't mean, you know, you got like the next coming of whatever great, you know, Washington quarterback you want to attach the name to. Uh, I hesitate to name too many because some of those guys ended up with some pretty severe injuries, and I don't want to wish that on Sam Howe. Um, but I think everybody kind of feels, even the supporters, right? I've been kind of on the let's give Sam Howe the opportunity train from the beginning. But even me, I'm more confident now here at the end of the preseason than I was at the beginning of it, right? So I think that we all kind of come away with that. But if there's anybody who still says this team should be going with a veteran, this team should be going with Jacoby Brissett, I think we've seen enough to understand that if there is a, if there's even a little bit of, a, of an upside, higher upside with a guy like Jacoby Brissett, because again, we haven't seen Sam Howell be the number one quarterback. We've seen him start a game, but even starting that game against the Dallas Cowboys last year, he wasn't the guy, right? He wasn't the franchise leader, quarterback, you know, uh, face of the quarterback room uh, in that game or for the franchise at that time of that game, right? But now he is. So Arizona is going to be a whole new experience. It'll be the second start of his career, regular season start, but it's still going to be a whole new experience. We haven't seen that yet. But if there is an upside, if there is a higher potential of performance from Jacoby Brissett, I think it's really negligible. I think it's really small. And for the long-term grace of this franchise, I don't think it's significant enough that you even think about making uh, a move like that. And I think that the performance that Jake Fromm has put on has really kind of only solidified the fact that I think the best guy for the job is the guy at the top of the job. 
what 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 Jake Fromm has really done, I think, is really given the Washington Commanders something to think about with this new emergency quarterback situation, where this new rule where the team can have an inactive quarterback, a third inactive quarterback who dresses for the game, and if both your quarterbacks, your starter and your backup, get injured, he can come in the game and become active, become a part of your active roster. The catch on that, for those who don't know, he has to be on the active roster. So in order to have that emergency quarterback who doesn't dress on, who dresses on game day, but he's not part of the active game day roster, he does have to be on your 53-man roster. So this can't be stash Jake from on the practice squad, and then on game day you make him a practice squad call-up, and he can be your emergency quarterback. You can't do that. He's got to be on the 53-man roster. I think with the performance that Jake Fromm has put on this preseason, I think if you lose Sam Howell, obviously you're not going to be happy. You get Jacoby Brissett in there. You feel like the veteran savvy is going to carry you through. If you lose Jacoby, if your options are let's keep Jake on the active 53 and maybe pull him up in that case, or let's turn to Logan Thomas, I think Jake has shown you enough that you're worth. he's worth giving a roster spot to to keep three quarterbacks to use that emergency quarterback. Uh, rule. So that's that's my take on that. So again, a little bit of a spoiler there as well on my own 53-man roster projection. So I'm giving you a little bit of uh, a few crumbs on what my roster is going to look like there. So we closed out. Uh, we opened up the show rather with some position battles when we're going to close out today's episode with some other position battles run, in my opinion, uh, one that is not run on Saturday night. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. And we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at Underdog. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. August is here. And you know what that means? The official start of fantasy football drafting month. I just drafted my money league roster Saturday morning. I'm not going to tell you how happy I am with it. Just you can understand what I probably feel after uh, just me saying that. Get championship ready for your home league by trying our best ball uh, on Underdog Fantasy Football. And all you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. I've enrolled in that, so you should too. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment here on this live Victory Saturday night, Victory Sunday, whenever you're watching this episode uh, or listening to this episode of Locked On Commanders. We're going to close out with some other competitions, roster competitions, that I think were won on Saturday night. And one of them, honestly, might have been won before we got to Saturday night. That's the left guard position, the starting left guard position. Uh, Coach Rivera, last time we asked him about the left guard position, has said that that position was not necessarily solidified uh, at the time of that speaking and that you know this final preseason game, the final practices, all that stuff would kind of determine – what was going to end up with that position. Uh, but I've kind of taken the stance that whenever Sadiq Charles has been healthy enough to practice or healthy enough to play, 
He's been the starting guard. There hasn't been a rotating. Chris Paul is in there for a drive. Sadiq is in there for a drive. If Sadiq has been healthy, he's been the guy in there with the ones. That didn't change on Saturday. When the when the starting offensive line went out there, uh, I was wrong in my projection where I said I thought Charles Leno and Andrew Wiley and the rest of the first-team offensive line would probably start the game, maybe get a series, and then Cornelius Lucas and Trent Scott would replace the tackles. Instead, Trent Scott and Cornelius Lucas started the game in the tackle positions, but your, your first-team interior offensive line came out intact. Nick Gates, Sam Cosme, and Sadiq Charles. And it was Sadiq Charles until it wasn't Sadiq Charles, Nick Gates, Sam Cosme. When the second-team offensive line came in, that's when Chris Paul came in, ended up with a penalty, uh, a holding penalty on a 10-yard run by Chris Rodriguez. That would have been the first explosive run of the night for the Washington Commanders, unfortunately negated by that Chris Paul penalty. So I don't know how much of a – you know, kind of reminds me of the quarterback competition, right? It's more so it's Sadiq Charles's job to lose, and whether it's through health or performance, he hasn't lost it. Uh, so I think that thing is pretty much set and done. Sadiq Charles, your starting left guard, uh, as far as I can tell, right? We also talked a little bit later about a tight end competition, right? Curtis Hodges was kind of the presumed fourth tight end that was going to be on this roster after the injury to Armani Rogers, but hasn't really taken that fourth spot and put it in a chokehold. I think he's left the door open to a guy like, I mean, maybe maybe Brandon Dillon, right? Had a touchdown catch tonight, but maybe also Alex Arma, the fullback who does get reps, does get burned at tight end. And one thing that they do with him that they don't really do with a lot of the other tight ends is they start him off in the backfield, motion him out into the tight end position, changing your entire front, changing the entire look of your offense. And that's a versatility that I can see an Eric Bieniemy type of offense really finding valuable. So each of them had one target with two minutes left to go in the game, one catch. Uh, Curtis Hodges had seven yards. Arma had six yards. So not a whole lot to take away, uh, obviously, from that. But I think Arma won this competition. Now, it's interesting because just because I think Arma had a better camp, had a better preseason than Curtis Hodges did, doesn't necessarily mean that the team decides to go with Arma over Curtis Hodges. Doesn't even necessarily mean that I think the team is going to go over, uh, go Arma over Hodges when I make my projection. Um, it just means I think he's clearly had the better camp, clearly had the better preseason. But Curtis Hodges still, I mean, that long athletic target, traditional receiving type of tight end, that may be too much for this team uh, to deny and, and keep him on the roster instead of Alex Arma. So we'll have to see. Not really a battle. But Coach Rivera talks about keeping an eye on Ricky Stromberg and Quan Martin. So, of course, I said we're going to keep an eye on Ricky Stromberg and Quan Martin as well. Uh, Quan Martin started this game on defense in the slot position, had a big, big stick on Cincinnati Bengals receiver Charlie Jones uh, right after the two-minute warning in the first half. Very first play coming out of the two-minute warning, a big hit. I mean, credit to Charlie Jones. He held on to the ball. Uh, so, you know, take it for what it's worth. But a really strong tackling performance by Quan Martin. I actually met up with him in the locker room. Uh, get you know, dapped him up a little bit for the strong tackling performance. Uh, he was clearly pretty happy with his performance on Saturday night, and I think he should be going into the regular season. You've seen some good coverage, you've seen some good tackling, and I think we've seen a combination of it. So you should feel pretty good about your second round draft pick. Did give up, uh, in my opinion, again, defense, especially secondaries. It's a little bit tricky, but from what I could tell, haven't been able to watch the film or replay it or anything like that. But from what I can tell in person, live in real time. Looked like that the 24-yard completion that was given up later in the game was on Quan Martin. Quan was in zone coverage. Looks like he just let the receiver come into his zone, didn't attach to him, right? And a former defensive coach used to tell me everything becomes man. Even if you start in zone, once a dude enters your zone, you now are in man coverage. You stick to that man until he leaves your zone, and then you go back to work defending your area. A guy came in Quan's zone. He didn't stick to him. Guy got behind him, gets 24-yard gain. Uh, so that was definitely a down moment, but I think overall – a good game for Quan Martin. Ricky Stromberg got reps at guard uh, when he first got on the field with the second team offense, and then he also got reps 
at center. Overall, I thought he looked really good on the reps that I watched him specifically. Obviously, there's a lot to watch on the field. I'm tracking all the quarterback stuff, so I can't watch the offensive line every single rep. But when I did look at him specifically, especially for plays that I thought this could go his way or go his direction, uh, he looked pretty good uh, from what I was able to see. In fact, we was able to open up a huge hole on the right side on one specific play, helping Jarrett Patterson spring loose for a 12-yard gain down to the Cincinnati 20 while they were trying to run out the clock at the end of the game. So a lot to watch in this final preseason game. So hopefully you guys enjoy it because there was a lot going on. This definitely wasn't just a, a yawn fest, sit back and, and relax. There's definitely a lot going on, a lot that we tracked and talked about. Of course, tomorrow I will be back on Sunday with our AAR, final AAR of the preseason. We'll go over some more numbers, some snap counts. We'll go over some, some data, some analytics, and, and those types of things that people like me, uh, football nerds, really enjoy. And then Monday – I will have my uh, 53-man roster projection for you Tuesday. We've got a press conference after the deadline for the 53 rosters to be set. So I will obviously drop an episode after that. And then, I mean, we're going towards the end of the week. And then next week is game week, guys. It's about to happen. It's about to come up. So thank you for being here with me today on this episode of Locked On Commanders. Uh, if you've got questions or comments, drop them in the YouTube comments. If you've been talking in the live, I cannot monitor the live chat and do this episode at the same time and run all the buttons and videos and everything I've got to run. So I'm sorry I can't interact with you, but I will go back uh, and reread everything that you put in there. So I greatly appreciate that. In the meantime, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's dharrison82, or you can send me an email directly at lockedoncommanders at gmail.com or text me anytime straight from your hand dandy cell phone by going to joinsubtext.com slash lockedoncommanders. And I greatly appreciate all the subtexters that were keeping me company Saturday night from the FedEx Field Press Box. Don't forget uh, that I appreciate you for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, Please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.